Welcome, everybody, to the first Power On podcast hosted by Riot Radio. Uh, I am your host, Matthew Hiscock, and today we are going to be talking all about esports, the gaming industry, and my personal favorite game, Valorant. Uh, throughout this 45-minute uh, podcast, we're going to be talking about the current state of the esports industry, jobs out there, and stuff like that. The rise of Valorant uh, between the meta, the agent changes, and just how the game has grown over the last couple of years. And then finally, we're going to be talking to my guest, Jack, about his experience as a varsity athlete at Durham College. So we're just going to jump right into the swing of things. First, uh, Jack, obviously, thank you so much for coming out and being a part of this. Power On Podcast is very excited to have someone from a Durham College varsity team in the building. Uh, talking online, all that good good stuff. But I did want to kind of pick your brain. Uh, so I hear you are in the Durham College Esports Business Management Program. And I just wanted to kind of touch base on that and see uh, what that entails. Yeah, so uh, I first started uh, looking for like a sort of a, a esports focused program, I'd say about a year and a half ago, I'd say. Okay. Um, because fresh out of my last year at Seneca College, that two-year program for broadcasting television, I was like working in industry. That was fun and all, but it was just a lot of work and it was a lot of grindy hours. And after a few days, I was like, I don't really like this. Uh, so I definitely, uh, definitely was looking for something different. And then I noticed that Durham was offering this uh, esports project or esports business management. And I noticed it was definitely uh, doable. I mean, I'm only about half an hour away from the campus. So that's always uh, a plus. I don't have to pay for res or anything. Um, and I just was thinking maybe I could put my broadcasting skills and merge it together with, let's say, uh, this program and maybe one of the branches that it teaches. Um, oh, okay. I can sort of hopefully bring those two together and uh, hopefully go into like live production events, all the behind the scenes stuff, like uh, what you see, the casters, uh, what they see on the little table with all the scenes and all the switches and okay, the, yeah, yeah. And, and and all the directors talking about take take camera one, take camera three, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. I did a bunch of that at Seneca. That was really cool. Nice. Uh, so at Seneca, I'm guessing you had more experience in kind of like a film environment rather than an event environment, or did you get a lot of uh, event experience? Um, so like Durham, how they have like multiple branches. We have like an HR branch, a law branch, a project management, and all that stuff. Okay, like it gives yep. you, like, like think of like a like an octopus. It has all its like tentacles, and you can kind of follow one and see where it goes. Like the game of life. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> for at Seneca, it had uh, audio editing, video editing, script writing. Uh, what is the other one? Uh, live production, like a TV show. Oh, like a, nice. Like, like, okay. like the news. So we actually got to, because Seneca is one of the toppers, topper, one of the top schools. Um, surprise, I got in with my English mark. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one, of the, one of the top schools for just that sort of program on its own, because I know other colleges were doing it, but the reputation wasn't there with all the people right, from the right. industry and all that. Uh, so we did have a three-point camera set up with a cold green screen and like a news broadcast where... We would just record it. We'd never actually send it out, but we, we would always tell the news students that were actually above us and the journalist kids that, oh, it's going out on air, so don't screw it up. Um, <laughs> but of course, we're in the other room, the giant control room where we have our own audio booth to edit the audio there. Um, and then we'd also get uh, maybe like three or four giant TVs with uh, preview and live settings. And then we'd have a huge state-of-the-art switchboard, which is pretty much just all your 
all the cameras are fed into that. So one, two, and three right. is going to be a wide shot, a close up, and a over the shoulder or something. And then you're going to have all the audio, all the visual effects. And then behind those three giant TVs and the switchboard were stations for each individual. So someone would be using the teleprompter that was on the cameras connected. So they would either speed it up or slow it down. We'd always communicate with our students and be like, hey, if you want it slower, like it's your left eye or something. And they'd itch it and then we'd slow it down for them or mm, okay, that kind yeah. of stuff. So I have experience with sort of that that broadcasting side of it uh, uh, for going to like events and doing it. Um, definitely a newbie on that. Um, nice. I did a lot of TV stuff like grip and electric was my thing. So I nice. get on TV sets and just like help with lights and stuff. That's like totally opposite. But I mean, <laughs> at least I have some some idea what I'm doing behind the scenes. Yeah, no, of course, especially with something as expansive as broadcast. Right. You were explaining how there's switchboards and the little tentacles and everyone's in their own departments and have to mm -hmm. kind of know all the departments. So everything kind of runs together. Uh, I could imagine putting all those skills into the esports in industries um a lot more exciting in a sense if that makes uh any point towards how you were saying that you were kind of working behind the scenes the behind the scenes of the esports industry sounds extremely exciting for instance uh like even the lcs and the league of legends finals every year uh, millions and millions of pe people are watching they have a super extravagant uh on stage presentations between dances and augmented reality dragons and all that cool stuff so is that kind of where you hope to land within the esports industry or do you want to to be more of like a broadcaster, like the guy that kind of stands on stage and uh, walks people through ceremonies, or kind of how do you want to apply those skills when it comes to the esports industry itself? Uh, definitely behind the scenes, behind everyone. I don't even want to appear on camera. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair I enough. I mean, I'll be the guy to go jump out and do an interview if no one can. But I mean, if it's with a riot or someone or Valve for like a big event, like Dota or League or Valorant or even. Uh, definitely behind the scenes. I follow a bunch of the casters and the uh, uh, the observers that do all the games. Yep. And and uh, they showed all the behind the scenes stuff, and that really gets me gets me excited for what's uh, hopefully to come, especially second semester with the program when we do video production and nice. you know, ho okay. hopefully get to use Premiere and all that jazz. <laughs> so I know what I'm doing on that at least. Um, yeah, exactly. A bit more comfortable yeah. with those type of pro with those uh, type of programs right yeah. now um i hear you you said you were doing like hr and that type of stuff in the uh current uh, course that you're taking and i could definitely see how uh, that's not as exciting as a for instance uh class directly related to broadcasting but hey uh, you definitely seem passionate about all this stuff uh, i could definitely see you um applying your skills to a uh, larger companies such as riot such as uh, ubisoft uh, ea etc so just definitely stay on that path steve keep uh, working hard and i could definitely see you uh i guess not uh not on the camera but i could definitely see you behind the scenes running a team of of your own and doing all all, all that fun jazz uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on uh, when it comes to the esports industry itself is just like the growth of the industry, uh, even comparing it back to 10 years ago. Uh, I doubt there were any programs specifically like the one you're in uh, that kind of prepared kids, uh, early adults for industry uh, careers. Right. Um, so was 
esports industry something that you've wanted to do ever since you were young? Uh, did you kind of fall into that with it becoming more popular? Or has it always just been like a yearning for you uh, ever since you, you were young and when uh, our parents would yell at us being like, you better go outside, video games won't make you money or you, you can't get a job from doing video games? Well, I definitely started young with video games. I remember an old the James Bond games on the PlayStation 2 with Pierce Brosnan playing them. That was my real first oh, yeah. video okay. game. And then all those, my dad and I used to play like Zoo Tycoon. I remember playing that a lot. But then as I, as I got older, I mean, Call of Duty just took me over. Modern Warfare 2 was the best COD ever. Quote me on that. Um, <laughs> and it was it was great. I mean, I had to stay up with friends after school and play. And then, I mean, as, once you get older, you have to start realizing that like, I mean, definitely what, five, six years ago, you don't ever see a career through that that field of esports where it was. You know, like, you know of the MLG guys, you know about like the old Halo teams competing and all the COD, oh, like yeah. phase, phase and optic. But it seemed it more like a fever yeah. dream at that point, right? Oh, like, definitely. Like, those were no like one the believes luckiest it, yeah. guys ever. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's good for them. Don't know how they got there, but pretty much. And then, and then overnight, it just, to just started picking up you know my parents would just be like they'd stop me from playing so much just because it was it was just like constantly 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 playing i'd be up four or five a.m playing um but then you know i had a, a high like a big hiatus of playing a lot of games I, i'd played games here and there but not as much as i used to and then i found cs toward maybe grade 10 or 11 and that's when i really got into esports i have to give cs everything in my in my power <laughs> All the, all the credit goes to Counter-Strike. Um, I started with Global Offensive. I didn't do any of the source of the uh, 1.6. But it was okay. definitely it was definitely that. I you know Me and my friends would play comp, and we'd I'd be the one going into customs and lining up smokes and then bringing it into the, the casual matches and start throwing them and really focusing on, like, improving and all that. Nice. And once that started, you know, it just... The way that Valve sort of pushed their their esports was onto the main page of the game, where you load in and you see that the Berlin Major or or Katowice or something was was on, and then you'd watch it and be like, "Oh, this is why is Fnatic so good? Where did all my skins go? What's going on?" Yeah. Um. So they were that de that definitely was the the real catalyst for for me getting into esports, and then I played um semi professionally in ESEA Open. I played about a year and a half of that, and then I went to intermediate. And then I had to, I didn't have to go to school, but, you know, I graduated for grade 12. And then I went on to go to Seneca. And then that's when I kind of trinkled away just because I had so much schoolwork I had to do. It was all in person, unlike now. Uh, so I had mm -hmm. to really, really focus on like Time balancing that scale out. Yeah. And I kind of fell off the map there, but I'm still in touch with a few of my friends that were pretty competitive in it. And one of them even played for the Team Canada Valorant team. Oh, so wow. That, that was pretty badass. He went to uh, Madrid. He was a sub to start, and then he ended up on the main roster. Shout out to Toff, Tommy. He's a badass. I love him. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a huge step up for me. And then, I mean, the pandemic was the polar opposite for esports. It just went through the roof. Everyone and their uncle was buying a, a GPU, was buying a little desktop to play on a Minecraft with their kids or something because they were all home. Yeah, yeah. And that is just, it just bounces off of each other, right? You're just going to see it just keep growing and growing and growing. And now these kids or these parents and their kids are playing, I don't know, Fortnite or something or Apex and they're watching them win these absurd amount of, 
jackpots and it's just like how how much money did you just make and then the parents are like well if he's you know if we're supportive with it he's definitely gonna excel like it's it's all it is is just hard work and dedication and then the will to keep going for this esport industry especially as a gamer um it is is definitely a boom now i mean like most of the classes have touched on in the in the durham course it's just in its infancy right a lot of companies are still trickling in on what they want to do and how they want to invest and even then it's just like tsm gets picked up by like a like a currency a cryptocurrency now they got some name in their title and it's just like you would never expect that five ten years ago you'd be like what is tsm i don't know any of these people now they're the most expensive industry and it's 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 ridiculous i mean it's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and then you you always realize like how big it is when you're actually in it because you could just mm-hmm. see all the players like there's like 0.1 percent of players go pro or some weird stat like that i don't i don't, I don't know the specifics but it's definitely it's definitely crazy there's definitely room to improve there's definitely room to grow but i mean it's still the up and up yeah no the esports industry like you hit the nail on the head when you said it's still in in its infancy um it's grown so much over the last five ten years and even then um there's so much opportunity there are new games coming out uh every year if realistically every month but when it comes to esport ready titles um they seem to be few and far between a lot of uh game development companies have definitely touched on mobas or tactical fps's or uh even just like uh something as simple as like the call of duty league right um it was such like a prominent league five six years ago and now it's trying to get its roots back into the industry and trying to make every call of duty uh, bigger and better and faster and more uh casual and more pro well they franchised it all which is Mm -hmm, a huge mistake i did not like that change (laughs) yeah there's definitely uh some questionable decisions going on within the esports scene (laughs) but um kind of touching more onto the topic of uh the esports scene growing and having new games come out i wanted to pick your brain about the game valorant uh so i do know that you uh touched on csgo and how that was like your claim to fame and how you really got into esports and kind of playing on a more serious level not so much casual but actually trying to line up those smokes and kind of improve your gameplay to actually reach like a milestone within the industry Mm -hmm. so when it comes to valorant i know that you're currently playing on the varsity team um so how has that been what has the changes um, that you've had to kind of apply to yourself when it comes to coming from like a CSGO background to a game like Valorant. I know they're very similar in the sense that there's the pretty much the same genre of game, um, a tactical shooter, but I know both of them kind of come with their uh, ups and downs. I know that Valorant kind of <laughs> feels like you're playing Overwatch sometimes with all the abilities <laughs> and crazy flashes yeah. going off and the silences and the Yoru alts, etc. But uh, CSGO is very bread bread and butter just aim shoot and kill type thing so what's uh what's one of the biggest changes that you found you had to apply to your play style when you had to jump ship over to a valorant i'd say definitely just adapting to the abilities i mean i always explain valorant as if overwatch and csgo had a kid Mm -hmm. and it was free free to play and people were like oh really that sounds interesting um 
But I mean, all the movements there, you know, counter strafing, um, sort of the bomb sites. I know some maps have three, others have two. We could jump around on teleporters and all that jazz. <laughs> um, but I mean, the fundamentals are still there, right? You're still going to have your three lanes. You're still going to have splits. You're still going to have executes with smokes and uh, flashbangs that are specific to agents, I guess. But it's definitely the abilities that took me a little bit to, because I, I I played Overwatch not religiously, but enough to understand what the game was about and you know watch the the Overwatch League and all that. Um, but I mean, you get those insta lock like tracer and like DPS mains, and you're just like stuck. Yep. <laughs> playing a tank or a support like i like support just because like i do i do that in mmos i do it in in overwatch but it's like i don't want to play zenyatta every match or a mercy every match i want to you know get in there with a team and like work it out you know do some damage, yeah coordinate man. a bit more that's what everyone likes to do and then you get over to valorant and i expected the same problem the the jet mains at lock and the reina mains yeah. and then the two other idiots in the lobby lock in as well Yoru and Phoenix, and then they're like, "Hey, can you play Smokes?" And it's like, "Oh, how did you know? I love playing Smokes. <laughs> wow, you guys, you you do know me? Like, I don't, I don't like doing that. But that's why I like team, like a team environment. Mm-hmm. Kind of that like transfers varsity, right? That transfers over pretty well. If you're with a five stack of kids and you're like, don't you dare insta lock Jack unless you're insane. Go play Sky or someone. That mm-hmm. is definitely the biggest." change from a casual game to like a, a like a coordinated team i think that and like the agents the agents were like enough like you would everyone's trying to main everyone all these looking for group looking for team posts on twitter like i can play anything bull you can't play everything if i tell you to go play yoru and you've played it once on your match history it's like you don't know what you're doing with them you have yeah. to understand you have to pick top three play them for three, four months, get comfortable with it, and then go play another three and completely forget about them. Because I played Omen in beta for some reason. Interesting. And then I played him, and then I went to Cypher and Killjoy in my competitive spiel at the beginning of the game. I played a semi, I was call it semi, super low tier three, just, you know, casual beginning tournaments and all that stuff. Nice. And okay, then okay. once I finished with them, I noticed that Durham was having a team. I said, why not try out? This is going to be fun. I just want to, you know, have the experience of a coach being there. Players that actually, you know, give a give a you know what. They're not going to just be screwing around all game. Definitely. And I was like, you know what? What would be the most easiest role to fill, but also the hardest? And that would be smokes. Knowing like Astra, knowing when to put everything down, manage your smokes. Uh, Omen with his blind Viper with her lineups. I love that kind of stuff from CS. So I brought that right over. And I mean, once I'm comfortable with those three, I'm just going to keep it there. And if the team needs me to learn Sky, I will learn Sky. But you have to focus on a minimum and maximum of three. You could do two to three. But now that I understand them, I can now look back at the Cypher and Killjoy life I had and realize that the enemy Cypher is going to be putting trips here, 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 here. That'll mm-hmm. help me in the long run because I'm like, hey, sucker, I know everything. I know your secrets. I could just start throwing my trips in a different spot or I could start shooting it. And I'm like, you can't hide them, dude. Like, I know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was I was a main. <laughs> Good try. Yeah, that definitely helps. I guess yeah. uh, being the jack of all trades definitely uh, puts you a little bit farther ahead than the Reina yeah. mains and the jet mains. Just because uh, you do know yeah, small horrible. things like that, like where the killjoy is going to set her mines or where the 
Cypher Cam is probably hiding or where Yoru's going to put his TP. Just smaller things like that can add up into a, a round win and then enough of those round wins will end up with you guys taking the game, right? Um, I love that you were talking about the variety of agents. Um, I did want to pick your brain on your thoughts on the current list of agents as well as the leaked new agent that the, the i believe he is going to be a sentinel but he's going to be surrounding gunplay and mechanical outplay which is very interesting and then as well as the yoru rework uh we can probably start on the new character though um do you have any specific hopes for this new character uh, i know that you've seen the little leaked graphic of him with his huge sniper rifle stuff like that yeah but do you have any kind of thoughts on where they're going to go with him, his ability set or his uh, ultimate or anything like that? Or are you just kind of putting your hands up in the air, hoping that Riot just doesn't screw it up? Well, I mean, what concerns me with any new agent is we're going to get a raise where they claim that her abilities don't kill people. We want a game like okay. you, can watch, you can watch clipbacks and say every agent isn't going to have abilities that kill. And meanwhile, Raze had two grenades in beta, a rocket and uh, some blast pack and a Roomba. Those things, like, uh, people were very upset that that agent was just throwing aid, get two kills. Throw a yeah. Roomba, get a kill. It's pointless. And then you switch over to this new character, whatever his name is, um, and he's focused on gunplay and mechanics. The only thing I want out of him is the abilities to put him into positions to get those kills. I don't want the abilities to kill people. I don't want... Okay, yep. I don't want any flashbangs or smokes on him. I want something different. I, whether that's going to be, uh, I don't know, a, a, a hologram or something. I don't know. I mean, okay, some yeah. of the some of the things Riot make things up of is insane. Uh, <laughs> Pretty outside the box. It is ridiculous. I mean, even the maps are crazy too. But um, I just want someone that doesn't impact the meta right away, but has potential if teams work with him. Okay. And yep. since he's a sentinel, his job's sort of just to hold it down, to watch the flank, and sort of do all that. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a, a support that helps your teammates take fights properly. Maybe he, maybe he'll have um, like a trophy system type thing because people have always wanting that because the post fight oh, meta okay, is yep. insane right now. So maybe that. And I Very mean, the sniper rifle might be his ultimate. Um, that's like. You could shoot through things or something, some weird stuff, maybe a solo ult on crack or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully it's just, it's balanced. I mean, it's hard to balance agents without people testing it. I'm sure their internal tests have gone well and they're just bug testing at this point. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting. He's not going to be played very often. He'll be in scrims. I mean, the tournaments stop you from playing new agents. So Yeah, there's like a time lock when they come out, right? Yeah, like two weeks after the pros do it in the amateur league, and then the pros are two weeks after the agent is dropped. Or if there's like a big tournament, they just don't even update the client. They're just like, nice. you're not, okay. You're like, you're, you're not even gonna have an option to look at them. So, <laughs> I too feel bad. Like one uh, one thought that has been kind of uh, circulating around YouTube comments and Reddit posts is that potentially um, this kind of comes from Spike Rush, but uh, tracer rounds. So. Mm maybe one of his abilities is that he loads a clip into whatever gun he may have that kind of apply a tracer round. So that is kind of how he's a sentinel being able to like scout out enemies, but then while also kind of focusing on gunplay. So if that obviously being a speculation, 
is that something that you would be interested in him having or is that still kind of outside the realm of like a traditional sentinel depends how they balance it um i know that there's an omen change coming where he his ultimate is going to put off a paranoia like in spike rush so if it's oh, going to be okay. if it's if it's going to be anything like that um, I'm hoping you can't just load a clip into the Odin, shoot a bullet through the wall, drag, like trace, like f- tag four people because the gun just pans through all of it, and then run back site with 149 bullets in the clip now, and you're just just waiting for him. And then let's say you're on B site on ascent, where you just spam through the wall there. Yep, true. With a whole Odin, and your teammates are spawn and market, and you're just gonna get it's free kills. It's free. You, there's no way you're you're executing with that agent on site especially mixed with like uh like a sova alt for instance oh i mean if this guy can just press e and then tag four people and then especially since uh they probably won't be able to take off the tracer kind of like a like a cypher dart right Mm -hmm. it's going to be in them so they just have to like kind of jump away and kind of wait out the timer so the mixture of those tracer darts with an alt like sova or even like ray's uh, for instance, if you have a good raise with a uh, good blast pack movement, she could just go right through that spawn short and then just be right there, alt, etc. So that's that's a great uh, insight. That's definitely something that uh, a, a player like yourself kind of can pull from yeah, would, your own it, insights. It would just be ridiculous if that's the point. I have a feeling it's going to be like a, like a bar ability where you chamber around in, the first one in, you hit it, and then you'll have it. That's probably the best way to balance it, in my opinion. Okay, yep. Because a, a whole clip or, like, an ultimate is just ridiculous. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's definitely... Sova's going to be irrelevant. I mean, <laughs> you got a gun that does his job for him, so... Yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely not wrong. Um, so, <laughs> so when it comes to the new agent, uh, we definitely have our fingers crossed that he's nice and balanced. Uh, I am excited for a new agent in general, just kind of spicing up the meta, seeing what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, hopefully he won't get nerfed or buffed out of his brain two weeks after launch because no one plays him or everyone's playing him. But again, those are the type of things that we'll just have to kind of sit back and wait for. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on when it comes to Valorant is the Yoru rework. I personally uh, started playing on Yoru. There's a ton of one tricks on YouTube and social media that have huge cult followings uh, surrounding this character, his outplay ability, uh, his kind of quote-unquote worst agent in the game uh, reputation. Uh, so when it comes to the Yoru rework, another thought that I, I actually had, <laughs> not to toot my own horn or anything, but um, something as small as changing his f- f- footsteps so that they're kind of controllable like a sky flash, for instance, right? So going back to like Ascent, um, you could kind of drop footsteps and then have them curve around corners. So it kind of seems like you're pu- pushing an angle, you're running away from an angle, stuff like that. Uh, I figured it's a small enough change where it's not kind of taking away that sense of trickery in his kit, but at the same time, it adds enough versatility that it's not always just a straight line and you can kind of play with the enemy's mind a bit more. Is that something that you would want to see out of a Yoru re- uh, rework? And if not, what exactly are you kind of looking for when Riot finally does release that re- rework? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a Yoru is um, 
why the hell are you playing him? A and two is uh, he's all about after the bomb goes down. He is probably the best clutch agent if a player knows what he's doing with him. In my opinion, I've played against Euros in like a mortal, mortal radiant where they're able to put footsteps in positions and then rotate off them and then trigger it and then you'll have your like I've swung onto footsteps before and then I'm crapping my pants because I don't know where he is. Um, his alt is really good. I don't think the alt needs to change. He can pick up the bomb. He can teleport out of it. He can pick up a gun. Pretty versatile. problem with that. Yeah, I mean, his alt's pretty good. It's just, I don't know. I saw uh, like a request from Ethos, who's one of the one tricks. I know one trick, but I mean, he plays Ethos. Uh, he plays Yoru quite a bit. Is that his flash is just like the quickest pop. Like it's, it's like an actual pop flash. Um, even then, I mean, his flashes are still pretty good. I mean, his flashes are pretty strong because I'm pretty sure the enemy doesn't see the flash until it makes contact with a surface. With something, yeah. Yeah, so and it it's makes that very weird, hard. like crickling noise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's already hard enough. Um, well, does TP? Uh, I mean, like a fake TP. I know people were talking about that. How you could kind of wedge it into a corner and stuff exactly yeah. kind of it's more of an ex more of an exploit than a feature but yeah yeah well. <laughs> i mean yeah maybe uh maybe he'll have multiple and if he uses it as a fake it only takes away a charge but if he uses it as an actual teleport it uses all of them up or something like that okay yeah yep. um but i mean at this in this meta it's just information really post plants lineups and with viper sova astra sky and her dog and her flashes it's like good luck trying to tap the bomb or something if you have a good post plan but if it True. ever fades away from that if sova ever gets a big change i think yoru is gonna start being information late game because like i said he's absolutely insane i mean i think he's pretty good on fracture as much as i've avoided the map it's he's pretty good at like teleporting across and maybe taking a zip for information and then just jumping off right at the end of the zip and then teleporting back or okay yep yep like he's just really good defense quick rotates and defense post plants and offense post plants i think that's his, his strong suit but right now he's just hasn't seen play just because it's not i guess it's not viable for not comparable what to what other... we're in yeah agents right like you 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 were saying like uh when it comes to other duelists obviously the phoenix alt's extreme extremely strong his flashes are strong he has healing uh going over to to reina she has healing uh she can go into her her mistress like slash ghost form so she can reposition really easy her ultimate is pretty much crack uh, jet, the amount of mobility, her opping potential, her alts, obviously with it just being a little nerfed and her in general being nerfed, she's still one of the stronger agents. So yeah, I definitely see how Yoru has to find that little niche to make him more viable and more realistic at the pro scene level, especially. But who knows? Ho hopefully going forward, uh, Riot does him justice and makes all the Yoru mains out out there proud and they don't really gut him or end up making him even less viable um but yeah your knowledge on that topic was very very refreshing <laughs> i definitely play valorant quite a bit or at least i try to but some of the uh thought processes that you just went through especially with like your experience on a multitude of agents um how yours good post plan stuff like that that's great to hear uh i actually did definitely learned a bit about uh, the game and the agents and how to play them 
Um, so coming from that experience, I just wanted to finally just touch on you, uh, you as a, var as a varsity athlete, uh, your experiences with Durham College's varsity program, uh, what you could suggest to some of our viewers that might be thinking of wanting to join the Valorant varsity team next year, and just overall kind of what your hopes are for this year's of the, of Valorant team. Well, I mean, I'm always a really competitive person. I have that mindset of if you're not first, you're last. I don't want a participation ribbon when I'm second, you know. Um, but I mean, the varsity has been has been really interesting. Um, I've definitely gotten excited to go to like practice every day just because people give a give a you know what about like going to practice and improving. We're here to mm -hmm. win. We're going to be we're playing tournaments for scholarship money and all that. Um, and I mean, Durham has been has been pretty good at communicating certain things. I mean, we have our own separate Discord and all that for the, the esports arena. Then we have a separate one for the Durham Lords for the esports side of things. And I mean, even when we went to the uh, the varsity meeting a few days ago, I think it was a week ago now. Good lord, um, <laughs> time flies. It was goodness gracious. The, the stuffing is still in me. Um, when it was that varsity meeting, it, it was so funny seeing all these like volleyball players and uh, baseball and rugby and all that stuff come oh, out, yeah. and, the, and then you see these these nerds come walking in with their like little like backpacks already in, and all the gamers, and then they're in their own section, and then it's like, all right, who's going first for the photos? And it's like it's the esports team, and then they all groan on the other side of the fucking stadium just because they're like, oh, not these kids again. Um, but I think it, it's actually a really good environment. I mean, once the once the arena awesome, opens, man, it's gonna be so good. Like I've always wanted to have uh, a jersey with my username on it, and I've always wanted to fist bump someone on land. <laughs> and it's all gonna happen, hopefully. Hopefully later this month it'll open up. But I mean, uh, it's it, it felt good to win uh, sort of a match. I mean, we should have won our first match. We lost two one to school. I forget their name. Ooh. We should have won. It was a three-one clutch loss. It was bad. Um, hey, and then and and then and, then, and I mean we came back and beat uh, Northern Connecticut 2-0, easy 2-0. Nice. I mean, we felt good about that, and then we just lost to York just because no one was ready, and we were the little servers were horrible, and it was just like whatever. But it was just GG go next after first game, but it was definitely interesting. I mean, once everything starts picking up again with the arena and like driving into practice and being in person is totally different than online. Definitely. And I mean, for anyone looking to get into esports, even if you're like thinking about it, I mean, all these kids coming into college, especially off of high school or even like in your late, maybe 25, 26, you're still playing a lot of Smash or something. I mean, just go back and just fine-tune certain skills i mean when i i played pretty religiously for a month before the tryouts came i i would pick maps i i knew i was playing viper i knew i was going to play smoke so i would just go on the map with her and just learn lineups because that looks good on your resume when you're able to go into a post-plan situation and you're on the wrong side of the map and still have a lineup for it the coach looks at you and goes holy this kid's done his research that looks good and that's for any game i mean cs is the same thing you know you know how to properly trade. You like to get the fundamentals down. I don't. I don't play Spatch very much, but I know it's like if you get a combo down and you kind of understand that you're playing that that guy is on the ropes. You 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 push. You keep going, and it's definitely getting prepared for those certain events. And is it's not always going to be about winning. I mean, if you have a team that is absolutely insane 
and you're winning every match, then of course it's all about winning and you want to keep that record up. But I've I've learned to just take losses as a reason to improve. You watch a VOD back with your team and realize that you've made dumb mistakes. You go back and fix it. And that's how we were able to 2-0 that, that second team that we played because we played the same maps we did the first round, but we were able to learn from our mistakes and move forward with it. And I think that's the biggest thing for anyone trying to get into the Valorant, CS, Smash, Hearthstone even. I mean, you can watch VODs back on that game too. And I mean, it's definitely... Prepare yourself for the tryouts. Uh, don't come in cold. Warm up maybe like an hour before. If you want to do Aim Lab or Kovacs is my preference, to be honest. Um, you know, just to get a get a routine for a month. Feel good about going into tryouts and know that you're not going to underperform or you're going to perform to your best. It's it's definitely uh, nerve wracking <laughs> to say the least, but I know you know it's 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 all part of the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. If you're interested in it, just go for it, man. The worst they could say is no, come back next year. Or, hey, you want to be a sub? Even a sub has opportunities. Like I said about my my friend Toff, he uh, he was a sub for Team Canada. And all of a sudden, he got put main roster, and he's going to um, Spain. So, I mean, anything can happen. Just go for it, man. There's no, there's no harm. Perfect. Well, again, that was absolutely amazing timbits of advice uh, at the end of the day i've always been extremely passionate about esports um as a viewer as someone that loves the industry loves the uh, competition loves for instance you want to be able to fist bump somebody on stage i want to be in the crowd and be able to like jump out of my seat and scream and <laughs> get super excited because my Durham varsity team just clutched out the semifinal round and I'm sure a lot of other people out there want to be on both sides right they want to be up on stage they want to be Mm -hmm. in the arena and they just want to experience the true nature of esports in its purest form so thank you for those insights thank you for coming and chatting with me today unfortunately we don't have too much time so I am going to be wrapping it up Um, Other than that, thank you everyone out there for listening to the Power On Podcast first episode. Uh, We will be back next Tuesday, the 19th, same time. Uh, We're going to be having another special guest, Lymph, the Durham College Varsity coach. So we're going to be kind of getting a bit more insights on the behind the scenes of a varsity team, what goes into training and perfecting uh, plays and Pretty much just getting the coach's perspective on how you can become better at Valorant and hopefully one day join a team just like Jack here. So thank you again for being here. Don't forget to follow us on social media at DCSA Riot Radio. Uh, That is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Other than that, thank you, Jack, so much. And hopefully I will talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. You know, thanks for having me on. Number one, get it out of the way. <laughs> we'll always look back at it and be like, oh, look at us. <laughs> look at <laughs> exactly. us. Look at us evolve. <laughs> yeah, one day at a time. And hopefully one day you'll be behind scenes doing a huge broadcast. And hopefully I'll be on stage welcoming everyone to the event. So <laughs> fingers crossed and <laughs> yeah. just, keep, just keep gaming, okay? Will do. All right. Cheers, my man. I will see you soon. See you. See you.